one two pitch. Red Sox win the World Series. This time Manning going deep for Beckham Jr. Did he catch it? He did. Tommy Boy. What's up? We're back, baby. We're back. How you How doing? How we feeling? I'm I'm I'm, I'm great. You uh you took a little trip. So I did. The The reason we were out last week was that I was off. Uh, I take like three or four big trips a year for work. And this past week, I was out in luxurious, tropical Indianapolis, Indiana in the middle of June. Yeah. Um, so where... I, I hate to break it to you, but the NFL Combine was a few months ago. Right. So right. you're you're a little bit late there. I know that's one, you know, that's why you're headed down there. The yeah, the the combine was a few months ago. The the Indy 500 was a month ago. So I am just I was just late to the party on everything. Yeah, it's okay um, though. It's okay though. Still had a fun time. Yeah, you know. So I I was down there presenting for work. I uh I got to do a couple fun sports related things because as far as I know, um sports however mediocre and far between they are in Indy, I think is pretty much all they have. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that state's entire economy was built around Peyton Manning for close to two decades. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong in saying that. Yeah, all economic activity. Pacers, Pacers a little bit, like before, uh, you know, when they were actually good with, with like Reggie Miller in the 90s. But yeah. Well, they yeah. had like they had like a, a brief stint like not too long ago where they had like John Wall and like they were actually a playoff team, right? Um, uh, Paul George, Paul George, that's Paul what George. Uh, all yeah, these, they, they, all these they were NBA good. players Roy with Hibbard, these Ricky Bobby yeah. ass names. I can't, I can't keep up. They're all just like one syllable, two first names. There's so many of those in sports that we cannot be expected to keep track of. We just cannot. <laughs> Not for sure. Um, yeah, no, anyway, those, were, were, those were some those were some good Pacers teams. Um, those years, those those that the Pacer teams those years were like always my dark horse for like the finals. But it was always LeBron Curry. Um, but I was always like, if there is a team that could like maybe shock some people, the Pacers. They never really did anything, but um, they they were a solid unit. The Indiana Pacers. I saw they have a next year's All Star game. There were a bunch of like big banners outside the field house. Oh, do so they good really? For, good for them. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, good for um, them, man. They they excel in those like one-off like sport events that are like cool and important, but like not the Super Bowl or, or anything like that. Although they do have the Super Bowl. They've had the Super Bowl a few times, some pretty yep. iconic ones. Um, so I I take that back. Um, but now with like the the combine, the all, all those types of things, I feel like that's their uh bread and butter. Yeah. Um, but I was telling Tom off Mike, I just had a good time, did some Midwest shit, just had, you know, some some lawnmower beers and I I went bowling and uh just all that all that fun rust belt shit. Uh I actually had a surprisingly good time. Um that downtown Indy for uh how like spotty it is, there definitely is some some fun to be had. So if anybody like me finds their circumstances lining up to where they have to be in Indiana for any stretch of any stretch of time, uh, if you really put your mind to it, 
you can you can have yourself a fun couple of days. But while I was gone, Tom, what have what have we been up to uh, on the other end in the last uh, two weeks since we've we've checked in with the people? Um, been yelling at my TV watching Yankee games, pretty much. Even Talk when we win, it. like even even when we win, there's like things that I'm just like I, I have to say I watched a decent amount of the game yesterday, and I wasn't too angry at at things um but uh you know we actually like hit some guys over um hit some sacrifice flies you know we played baseball a little bit of small ball liked it volpe's hitting coming around a little bit so it's not all bad but um yeah i I really just I, i don't want this team to make the playoffs but we're not we're not really here to talk about the yankees we have all summer to talk about the yankees we do have, I mean, what what's All-Star Game is next week? Two weeks? We're almost um, this, at like the this, big... This weekend. Uh, or yeah. This weekend is like the Futures and I think Monday, yeah, Monday, uh, Home Run Derby, Tuesday, All-Star Game. Yep. Uh, speaking of, before before we dive into our main topics, the, the Futures Game this weekend, a.k.a. the... Uh, just... I will be watching this. Yeah. Uh, I, I I hope you will be watching this because the futures game is going to be um, future, just the the exposition of future haunters of Tom Arduino's nightmare with Marcelo Meyer <laughs> and Nick York. Uh, I'm I'm assuming hopefully just taking over that game. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a few other players. Um, I have so I I'm very interested in this game because of my uh, my dynasty fantasy baseball league. Um, uh-huh. where we are very heavy into the prospects and, um, you know, so I act, I have begrudgingly, I have Marcello Meyer. Um, so I, I will be using this game as a scouting opportunity. I know he's struggling in double a right now, but, uh, we'll see. I, I'll probably look to trade him cause I don't think I can, uh, bear rooting for a red sock, but, uh, I'll get some decent value for him. He's, he's a, he's a very good prospect. So bro, you, you bought microsoft at 10 cents a share and you want to sell it <laughs> like bro come on i yeah uh, i mean i i do i also have bogarts though so uh hard hard mm. to play two shortstops at one time so an- another you know red sock uh yeah well one. well if sock. if the literal red sox organization can handle drafting marcelo meyer while at the time having xander bogarts on the roster i think i think you're gonna be okay <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah no it's more so i just don't want to freaking root for the red Sox. wait so you Cost- guys like i i have casas this year and it's just like okay. i i mean i'm not contending at all this year i'm completely selling and and trading all my assets away for like future guys um like i got yuri perez in a trade um this year which is really good um but uh but yeah i, I don't know i just I see I'm going to be contending next year, probably going to need to make some moves at the acquisitions at the deadline. And like, I feel like Myers, a, a good piece where I could get some, some big names for him. So I've, I've never heard of somebody being in a, a fantasy sports rebuild before. Like, Tom's oh yeah, just, big time. Tom's just sitting in front of his MacBook being like, Oh man, I don't even know how we're going to make payroll this year. We might have to relocate. Like times oh, no, are, but- times are tough for this organization. Big, big time, man. I, cause I, I mean, I have, you gotta evaluate a bunch of different things. Another thing is like, I got to if, if Meyer comes up and like he loses his rookie status, he moves up a few rounds and I have to basically like it 
triggers um our salary cap. So I would have to like lose oh. a player. So if I if I if I move him, um, you know, it kind of saves me from having to move one of my like top lifetimers like Arenado or Bogarts or something. It's it's a it's it's a whole thing, man. Um, but it's a lot this of this is this is so funny. Just listening to like play you play fantasy sports to experience like the fun parts of like being a, a sports oh, no, GM. This, yeah. No, this is like a complete full-time job. Like, <laughs> and, and Tom is literally just having none of the fun, but all of the just pressure and anxiety of being a sports GM without, with, for no reason or reward, just, just yeah. being like, man, I gotta, I gotta take this organization through a rebuild. I gotta get us out of cap hell. The fans are screaming at me. Like Tom, Dude, Tom like, is like the, the anti like fantasy sports manager. Like give me all the darkness of of being like, a sports gm like for for no, give exactly. me a stressful for, week at the office for this fake job that i don't have <laughs> just just give it to me that like like i don't even really like i mean like there's money involved and it's not like a it's, it's a significant amount of money but it's not it's also like not, not life-changing yeah. it's like five hundred dollars <laughs> it's like yeah it's like a thousand dollars the first place yeah. but, but but like you know it's not it's not like <laughs> It, it, you know, for the amount of time I'm putting into this, it's definitely the ROI is definitely not there, but it's fun. Um, but like, for example, like, and it, this is not the only reason it's more, it's an added reason. Cause you know, you don't need to give me an extra reason to go to a ballpark um, and watch, watch a baseball game. But um, like, I will be going to some Hartford uh, yard goat games uh, this Go summer notes, man. for, and, and it will be, you know, mostly pleasure, but also some business mixed in there might might bring ah. my radar gun might not we'll see um depends if my my pitching prospects are, are pitching that day but um yeah wow yeah, man, I'm, it's, I'm hearing it's i'm hearing there are some real studs at the in the the single a level of the rockies organization i hear that's really where <laughs> they hide a. the diamonds double a double a. oh they're double a okay yeah well i mean they like they'll, they'll play like i want to go see them play somerset uh uh because D- dominguez is in double a now with somerset um a few other prospects mm. on on that team and it's the yankees so it'd, it'd be cool to go see that um and then i have a few other guys sprinkled in there that are that are on the the schedule have you ever been to the yard goats i have i have it's, I, um... I think we've talked about this actually it's 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 a great time i love the ballpark um Minor league baseball is severely underrated. True. Very true. Um, so my, great. my heart belongs to, as, as we've talked to many times on this podcast, um, I don't think there is a, a better non, uh, high level sports experience than minor league hockey. I think minor league hockey is fun oh, for yeah, literally yeah. everybody. Um, yeah, but minor league absolutely. baseball, I, I have been to, I think two goats games. I haven't been in a couple years. I gotta, I gotta make my way back, but yeah, me too, I actually, me too. I just recently I got I got lucky at a lids in the Danbury Mall. I've been looking for like the right goats fitted to just wear around Boston and like rep the rep the hometown or the home state. Um and I finally found it. I found a yard goats fitted that like doesn't have the obnoxious like green brim. And there it is. Yeah, there it is. Anyway, so I love so Tom hat. just oh that's a five panel. Look at that, dude. It's a five panel. It's nice. Right. 
Let me go get mine for the for the screenshot. Right, tell right, tell yeah. tell the people auditorily about what's on your head right now. All right. So I I just went and grabbed my uh Hartford Yard Goats hat that I bought a few years ago. Um so let's see, I'll describe it. Got the, the yard goats on the front, green bill, um, front of the hat is white, middle of it's blue, back of it's green. It's absolute flago. Oh, and then Dan's rocking the solid blue. So Love as, as I was as I was just saying. To, to the people before you went to get a hat with an obnoxious green brim. I was telling the people about how I have been on the hunt for a goat's a goat's fitted that doesn't it's have great. the obnoxious green brim. It's great. Yeah, I, fa- that's, I found that's one so in the funny. solid blue. I, I was like, that's the one thing I found like un like unsavory about those hats was that brim. And then Tom just goes and gets one that not only has that brim, but also is a five panel with about as much green as you could possibly mix in to the hat. Front, oh, so it just end, front end it has like the blue middle and then back to green. What is going yep. on with this hat? It's I, I don't know if this is their alternate or whatever, like, but it's listen, I, I love the, the five panel hats. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, like kind of like the Orioles, if you will, or like the old Braves, like those, those hats are so fire. Um, and they don't really use the design anymore. So I just, I just fuck with the design in general. Mm. But I mean, I think this, this pretty much describes our podcast perfectly right here. The, you know, the, the duality and the, uh, <laughs> that we, uh, we possess <laughs> with each other, man. Well, yeah, if if you're listening and you are anywhere near uh, Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, Connecticut, that is a there are much worse ways to spend a summer night than at, than at Dunkin' Donuts Park. Um, but now that we're both uh, fitted up, do we want to get into our uh, our subject matter for the week? Absolutely. All right. So we'll start with NHL free agency and uh, Chef Donnie and Chef Chrissy. Just getting into the kitchen early and often this offseason. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. In an offseason that uh, neither of us expected uh, anything even relatively positive, I don't think. Well, me me especially, but you with like the... You you guys kind of pushed some chips in going and getting Kane last season. Like, it wasn't going to be a fun offseason for you guys either. But Um, maybe maybe I'm being too presumptuous. I mean, yeah, I, I... I mean, you guys are in cap hell as, as we are pretty much right with, I mean, you, and you guys, you lost a few players as we have, um, that we've added. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I could get into what Drury's done. He's how I would describe it is. So we'll start here with the Rangers, you know, yeah, we'll start with the Rangers. You know, you know, when you're in college, and you, you don't have too much money, so you get that. And and if you're in a dorm, you don't got a kitchen. You you have limited means to to um you know make to, to um to eat, I guess essentially. And go where we went. The food on campus there was about one or two times a week. You're like, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. So so what do you do? You make a, an amazing cup of ramen noodles. You maybe put it over something and you put on Netflix and you have a great night. That's <laughs> that's what Drury did. Um, you know, okay. none of none of it was like super sexy. 
Um, but he got the job done in a cost-effective manner. Sure. And so what he did was he brought in, um, he filled holes um, that we needed addressed in some way. He filled some depth. He got some, um, you know, backup goaltender. So, um, start starting it off. Signed Jonathan Quick, um, pretty much the veteran minimum, I think. Um, yeah, eight eight hundred k for for yeah a, a former best hockey player on the face of the earth. Yeah, um, and even you know a, a a hometown kid if you if you consider you know like Milford, Connecticut, uh, New York. But I mean, he grew up a Ranger fan, so it's a little yep. cool. Have to say, it is a little bit weird, um, just given you know his history playing against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, I, he's definitely, I've been on the record of saying he's not the goalie that he was in the past. Um, but I mean, he's the backup to Igor Shesterkin for ve- uh, league minimum. I can deal with that. No, no issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much the theme with all of these signings. He went, he, um, Drew, went out and got, uh, Blake Wheeler, um, for similar deal one year, 800 K, um, Nick Bonino, center, will play on the fourth line, um, provide some depth there. Also another homegrown guy, uh, I believe he's from Trumbull. Uh, mm-hmm. th- I feel like that's like one of those Travis Kelsey things where it's, uh, it's like, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, they will they have to talk about his brother when they mention Travis Kelsey. Or um, who else is it? Like when Jimmy Graham, uh, Jimmy Graham played – basketball in college and for some reason like announcers just always have to bring it up when he makes a catch uh so that was um to to make a regional equivalency um back when chris hogan was on the patriots uh whenever he had any somewhat decent catch um college lacrosse player and every every uh regional cbs commentator always thought that they had like the like coolest thing to just drop on the people every week. Every time he caught a ball, it's like, did you know this guy played lacrosse in college? I did. Actually. Yeah, it's yeah. I actually watch every week. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, so I, I mean, I, I, I felt like you know, us being a a, a media outlet w- w- mm-hmm. with um, you know, we wouldn't be worth our salt if I didn't mention that Benino was from Trumbull. Yeah. Um. um integrity. But uh, objectivity. Integ- exa- Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, he'll be he'll be, you know, just a fine because we still don't have uh, we'd like to bring Tyler Mott back, but there's no no guarantee there. Shoring up the bottom line um, with a a guy like Benino for vet minimum. Love it. Um, And then Tyler Pitlick and uh, Gustafson defense and uh, probably like our third 13th forward in Pitlick um mm-hmm. good score a little bit such i know it's such a great name isn't it a great name Pitlick. dan's over here yeah. smirking and smiling as i say Pitlick over and over again uh but i mean he's, my... he's another guy as all these guys do with playoff experience and and that what, what were you saying lick my pits daddy lick my... <laughs> oh he'll, he'll be a fan favorite for sure if he if he's if he like scores one like early in the season, like it'll be like pit daddy, like yeah, get uh, licked, uh, motherfucker. Rain, yeah, get licked, like <laughs> lick my pit. Like if you, <sighs> it'll be fun. Rangers Twitter will be fun. Um, but yeah, 
basically in short, um, Drew balled on a budget. He filled the holes that we needed to with, with what he had available to him. And, and, you know, who knows, like Blake Wheeler's still, you know, he's not the, he's not in his prime anymore, but he's still a guy who could score. And he, he might be asked this year to play up in our top six um, Mm -hmm. at some point. So, um, and that leads me to a guy I'd like to see play in our top six and that we still have to sign in Lafreniere. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I, I think that, him getting consistent top six minutes will unlock that ceiling. If it's still there um, Mm -hmm. with him, which I think it is. Um, I know some people are are off the train on Laugh a little bit, um, but he's, he's still like 21 um, and has, has shown that he can um, put the puck in the net. Um, But I mean, he's been buried on the third line for his first three years in the league. Um, And then Keandre Miller too, they got to sign. So, Um, we'll see that. And they're still talking also about, uh, signing Kane. So we shall see with, uh, what that'll be like once he comes back from hip surgery and probably on a major discount because of it. Yeah. I mean, there's a world where Patrick Kane goes in for surgery. He gets his mobility back. You guys ink him to a new deal on like the question mark of him coming off surgery. And then yeah. you have a better Patrick Kane than you had last year for less money like that. Yeah. That's a little scary to think. I about. mean, and he's supposed to miss like six, six months. I don't know if it's like possible, but I could see them doing, um, you know, like the Kucherov thing where it's like, Oh, he's hurt now. Mm-hmm. He can't play. Hockey. Yeah. He can't play hockey until first game of playoffs. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I could I could see that being an avenue that they uh, at, that, that the Rangers explore as other teams have, um, you know. I mean, that's what you guys did last year with Hall. Yeah, and we you know? we tried and, and to. It, it works. It works. It did. Um, it did work. Uh, it worked in well, the yeah, sense yeah. that he he got to play one series and then uh, we traded him. But you know, for yeah. the for the time, it was good roster construction. Um, yeah. Well, Tom, before. I'm going to talk about my team, but I'm going to give away the end a little bit and say, I'm glad you have a positive attitude about this year. My team has made similar moves and I'm going to tell you why when I finish talking about the Bruins, why this may end up making both of us very happy in the long term. But first I'm going to talk about the Boston (laughs) Bruins. I'm very excited. I'm going to talk about the Boston Bruins and the moves that they made at this year's free agency opening. So first off, before free agency opened, Donald Sweeney had to make a move or two to get himself off the brink with the cap situation. I mean, the Bruins were working with a comically low amount of free money. They needed some breathing room going into free agency, even though uh, free agency was also going to be an outward rather than an inward move. So what they end up doing, they trade Taylor Hall prior, prior to pre- free agency starting. That is a move that me personally, as uh, a guy who Taylor Hall was my favorite Bruin, that definitely hurt. Having him as a depth piece was such a nice luxury that I uh, I tried not to have lost on me. The fact that not every team gets to have a Taylor Hall as a third liner. Um, sure. But Taylor Hall's out the door. We get a little bit more breathing room going into free agency. And a lot of people didn't know what to expect from Don going into this free agency because we knew about the cap situation. 
We still don't know about Bergeron or Krejci. We haven't gotten any word on on whether they're coming back or not, whether we're going to be missing a huge chunk of our leadership and our offense. We we just have no idea. Um, there were some tweets coming out that uh, the Bruins are operating as if Bergeron and Krejci are both gone, and it will be a pleasant surprise if they come back, which I think is a smart way to operate. But um, we're still in the dark on arguably two of the biggest pieces of the roster next year. So we kind of have to, we got to be wary. We got to fill in these holes on the roster, but we have to be wary. And I would say for the last two years, I've been hearing people talk about one particular fan favorite death depth piece that departed the Bruins long ago is still playing a fun brand of hockey and would probably benefit from a change of scenery if he were to come back and a guy that um, is going to maybe be for a guy who's going to play on the third line, maybe lead the team in Jersey sales this year. And I'm talking about the Bruins brought back Milan Lucic left wing from the Calgary flames. Um, Lucic was a 2011 cup champ with this team. He was a fan favorite for a very long time. He's 6'3", 240. I mean, he just plays that like old school type of hockey where eh, if you have Milan Lucic on your team, you're not going to be taking much shit from many people. Um, so he's he's in his going into his age 35 season. Uh, so he's no spring chicken anymore. Um, but he uh, he's he's a playmaker. He doesn't score get on the score sheet a whole lot. He put up 19 points with Calgary last year, but he played in all 82 games in his age 34 season, which if you've watched any Bruins hockey the last year in particular, uh, availability is a great ability. So, um, yes. I, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, inside and out. This is going to be a guy that, you know, when he succeeds, it's going to feel just so great for Bruins fans seeing him back in the black and gold. Um, a good, a good smart depth piece that I think is going to provide more value than what he's getting paid in terms of the physical presence it brings back, especially with um, Orlov departing as well. And uh, just the, just a locker room guy as well, especially if you're going to be maybe losing your best locker room guy in Patrice Bergeron. Um, mm-hmm. that, and that's you also, great... yeah, you, you guys, you guys also have one of the biggest pests in the game. Uh, and bullies in the game in your division this year and Ryan Reeves signing with the with Toronto so Lucic is a big signing in that regard yeah because you're you're gonna be facing them a few times uh, a bunch of times the regular season and then with the way that the NHL form playoff format is you'll probably face them in the playoffs too so speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs that was an early up of free agency where again Bruins fans were not expecting any ups out of this free agency so any ups are good ups. But then the roller coaster goes back down and it involves the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the biggest mission statement a lot of Bruins fans had for Don Sweeney going into this offseason is you need to go out and clear enough cap to make Tyler Bertuzzi a long term Bruin. Because throughout the playoffs last year and throughout the end of the season, He was just a guy that unquestionably left it all on the ice night after night. He was finding his way onto the score sheet. He was involved in every play he was on the ice for. Um, Every Bruins fan saw what Tyler Bertuzzi gave you in the playoffs last year and said, that's a guy that we need moving forward as, you know, the younger guys like McAvoy and Pasternak start to step into leadership roles. 
Bertuzzi is a great guy that's going to be like artillery for that next generation of leadership. Unfortunately, signs a one-year deal, not only to leave, but to go to the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the teams that you're going to be competing with most heavily to get through the East next year. Um, That just straight up sucks. Um, They got him on a pretty affordable deal too, one that I think the Bruins definitely could have afforded. Um, It's, it's just one of those situations where, man, that, that was a, a preventable step backward in an off season where you're going to have so many unpreventable step back steps backward that you can't really afford to have too many of those fall through the cracks. Um, so we, we went down with Taylor. We went back up with Lucic. We went down with the Bertuzzi situation, but then Don went out and like you said, started to, started to make himself like a real ramen noodle Netflix type of night. Like I know we're not going to be, we're not going to be winning, you know, 63 games next season, but you know, let's go out and try to put a team together. So we go out, we sign James Van Riemsdyk from the flyers, another big guy, six, three, two, ten. Uh, another aging guy. He's going into his age 34 season. Uh, he had 30 points for Philly last year, played in all 82 games. So if you're noticing a pattern here, it's really Don getting guys in who can play good physical, hard-nosed hockey, be available, get this team through, not have as many injury holes as last year, hopefully. And uh, hopefully just just put together a scrappy team that's going to be annoying down the stretch, which, you know, for for as catastrophic as this, this offseason may have been, Bruins fans will take that. And then one of the other big pieces of the free agency puzzle for the Bruins this year on top of uh, Morgan geeky who came in from the Kraken and uh, Patrick Brown, who came in from the Ottawa senators, the Bruins acquired New York Ranger legend, Kevin Shattenkirk and Tom, maybe you can tell me a little bit more about what I'm getting in Kevin Shattenkirk on my blue line next year. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk at this point in his career. Um, <laughs> you're, you'll get some Kevin Shattenkirk also you'll, going into his age 34 season, 34 season. You're going to, you know, I still think he's got a little bit of offense in his game, um, but I think he's going to leave a little bit to, to be desired. Um, defensively, I think he might be a good pairing. Um, with McAvoy, if if he plays mm-hmm. the opposite side, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, and I don't know if you guys have you know completely solidified the pairings with uh, McAvoy and Lindholm, but um, we we do best when we split them up. So I think they're both in the market yeah, for partners right now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's good. So like you know, pairing with one of those guys or a third or the third uh, defenseman pair. I think it's I think it's fine. You know, what what how much money did you give him? So that deal, let me look at the details of that contract. I think as long as you didn't overpay him, I don't like necessarily have anything bad to say about it. It's kind of like our Gustafson <laughs> signing. Um <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, fine, we need players. So that's that's cool. One for one. One year, one million. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That's exactly. Fine. Like a lot of these just short term, low money deals for guys yeah. that are like going to be 
reasonable depth pieces. On, I'm, on I'm struggling to find team. anything to to throw at that besides just like he's old, like that. But like yeah. so, so is Blake Wheeler and Jonathan Quick. But we need yeah. people to you know put jerseys on and go out there and play hockey. So, yep. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't hate it. Well, Tom, I told you that this story was going to have a happy ending for both of us. You did. I, I I promised you that. Did I not? You you did. I'm I'm hanging on everywhere, Dan. So I'm going to tell you why. So this 2023 free agency class, both of our GMs are being smart with the money. They're clearing up a good amount of space to build for the future. Um, they have some good young uh, development pieces who they hope are going to be the future stars, future leaders. We both do. You have your kid line. We have that core of Pasta and McAvoy who are going to lead us into the the new generation. But they're they're still in the oven a little bit. You know, they they still have a lot to figure out leadership wise. Um, and as they step into these these big roles with their teams moving forward. Okay. But where I'm going with this, Tom, is we should be thanking our lucky stars that both of our GMs are not going out and blowing all of their money on this year's relatively mid free agent class. Because I agree. Because Tom, have you perchance taken a look at the list of impending 2024 free agents in the national hockey league? Um, I have not, but that's, I think that's a product of just how bad the, the pool is that is just not even really being talked about. Um, uh, oh, oh, contraire, Tommy boy. Oh, contraire. Oh, contraire. This year, mid. Go ahead. I'll, I'll give you time to pull it up, but I'll give you some names as well. Oh, I'm sorry. You're I'm... talking about 2024. Yeah, it said that. Oh, 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 oh. sorry. No, I, yeah. I, I, I misheard it. I misheard it. Yeah, no, I'm very happy that we're not signing any of these mid b- booty cheeks players this year. Um, But no, I have not. But now I'm very excited. Okay. So. It... While our our teams kind of hedge their bets and save up some money for next year, let me go through a couple of names that are going to be available at this time next year, Tommy. Uh, can I get my tissues and lotion? One, one yeah, second. exactly. So I'm going to start at the top and let you know that next year, as he finishes up his age 27 season in the midst of his athletic prime, uh, Austin Matthews will be an unrestricted free agent yeah. next offseason. Um, cool. Another another uh, guy who's aging, but also has been one of the best players in the league at one point. Uh, Ante Kopitar is going to be a free agent next year for uh, teams looking for leadership like yours and I's both are. Um, and he's still putting up points, too. Exactly. Yeah, I, he, I, I wasn't meant to disparage Ante Kopitar the, 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 the as, he, dude's as he unbelievable. goes into. He's still out there doing the damn thing. Speaking he, he of really being is. speaking of being older, but still doing the damn thing. Uh you're you're gonna get your chance at a Steven Stamkos next year. Um and, and now that we've we we've gone through Matthews, he's gonna be the big prize next next season. We have a couple of those older guys who can still get it done. Uh could I could I interest you in a Sebastian Ajo going into his also age sure. 27 season sure. next, next year? Um, absolutely. Can I interest you in a in a Jacob Voracek, maybe a Sam Reinhardt? a guy who was one of the biggest parts of an unbelievable Panthers team this year. Um, can I, can I interest you in a Matt Zuccarello reunion, Tom Arduino? These names are I getting would, crazier by the minute. Would not hate it. <laughs> um, 
one of the more annoying guys I think that you'll run into as an opposing player. You could get your hands on an Anthony Mantha next year. A guy who you you play the caps as often as we do. That guy is all over the ice every time yes. he gets on. Um yes. Tyler Burner. Bertuzzi, you're gonna get another chance at Tyler Bertuzzi next year as he wraps up his one year deal with the Leafs. Um you go out and get yourself a Tyvo Teravinen, Tom, going into his age 30 season. You can get yourself, let's see, you can get yourself a Tom Wilson if you're looking for that sort of uh presence on your team. Not that I would recommend. Um can I can I interest you in a Brady Shea reunion, Tom Arduino? <laughs> oh, you're gonna no. you're gonna have a chance at Brady Shea again. Oh, oh. That's like food I've digested and comes back up. Oh, God, no. Brady Shea, also known as the guy that they used in the Chance the Rapper SNL skit to yes. make fun of how ridiculous hockey names are. That guy. Um, that guy. It's so hilarious how they chose the white guy, too. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and not like a Swedish dude. It's it's like most hockey fans are like, oh, he's from like Europe somewhere. It's like, no, he's actually American. <laughs> yep. You can get yourself a Jonathan Marchessault coming off of a Stanley Cup. Um, you can get yourself an Elias Lindholm. You can go out and get yourself a Tyler Toffoli and Anthony Bolivier. Uh, you can get a Devin Taves. You can get a Nino Niederreiter. You can get yourself a brand spanking new Jacob DeBrusque, Tom Arduino. The, these are all very, very intriguing. And listen, these a lot a lot of these guys will, will probably resign with their clubs. Yes. Slash slash. I don't I don't I have no idea what the Rangers cap situation will be like, but um, it is very interesting because I the top prize, I think, is for sure leaving Toronto. Yes. Austin Matthews, is I, I would say. Yeah. So that will be very fun to see. Um, I, I'm not going to go ahead and comment on the realness of him coming to New York because I, I don't have any comment on that right now i have no idea if the rangers can do that realistically um yeah can i, but can I have he, a can i have a little bit more Toronto. fun can i have a little bit more fun with some of these names before Absolutely. we move on to NBA? i'm having fun okay. like my gm tom, brain's going crazy right now tom do you do you want max Pacioretty back you can have him you can have him Pacioretty. Um, yeah yeah you want a max Pacioretty? you can go out and get him why you why wanna, not you want to you want a Matt Grizzlick? I wouldn't recommend doing that, but you can go and get him. Do you want a 41-year-old Joe Pavelski? You can have him too. This you, you want to do you want a Marcus Felino going into his age 33 season? Do you want a Matt Duchesne? Do you want a Derek Forbort? No, you definitely don't want a Derek Forbort, but you can get yourself a Max Domi. You can get him. <laughs> um, you can get yourself yeah, a wow. Max Domi. You can get yourself an Oliver Ekman Larson, who uh, I I would have bet my uh, left butt cheek that he would still be an Edmonton Oiler, but he's a Florida Panther. He's gonna not be next year if you want him though. Um, get yourself a Casey to Smith, a Jordan Martinuk. Get yourself get yourself an Auntie Ranta, a guy who made a little bit of noise in the playoffs this year. Um, Tom, if 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 uh, if Milan Lucic goes out and scores fifty goals for us this year, like he's going to, you can give him a, an eight-year, an eight by eight, if you want to. Oh my! You can God. go ahead and do that. Um, 
You can have Kevin Shatten, Shattenkirk too when we're done with him. All these guys on one-year deals. James Van Riemsdyke. When we're done with them, sure, go ahead, take them. Yeah, um, all right. And all well, the Rangers signings that we just did for one year. Yep. No, it's yep. a great, it's, it's a great list. It's a great list. It's a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, oh, <laughs> Tom, you want to know in a nutshell how crazy this free agency class is? Absolutely. Both Sebastian Ajos are available. You can go out and get both <laughs> Sebastian Ajos if you wanted to. You can say, you know what? I'm running this hockey team. I need two different guys named Sebastian Ajo oh who God. play two different positions. You can do that. All-time best confirmed we live in a simulation moment was the playoffs <laughs> when Sebastian Ajo scored on the Islanders, but it was not Sebastian Ajo from the Canes doing it. it yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, life is not in- even... incredible. Not even close to real. This is not this is not a real thing that we're all going through. No. Um nope. all right. I just did that for way too long. That was like 15 minutes. Let's let's move on to basketball. Um Tom, before before I get into the this crazy Celtics move, uh is is there anything going on in Nick Land lately? I honestly have no idea. Um yeah, we traded Obi Top in a way for two second round picks fine i guess i i you know every everybody it seems um wanted to see you know ob play a little bit more i never really liked the picking him in the first place he kind of always seemed like you know an athlete more of an athlete than a basketball player Mm -hmm. um and i don't necessarily think he was gonna like make our team that much better um the knicks Mm -hmm. have a lot of like slightly above average players right now um and then like jalen brunson um so i mean i guess like moving on from obi's fine um but would have liked to see it be like randall or uh yeah yeah pretty much just randall barrett maybe i'd probably trade obi before barrett um but uh yeah re-sign josh hart i like that um pretty team-friendly deal and then, you know, the we got the Dane sweepstakes, but uh, I think it looks like he's going to go to the Heat, which is terrible news for both of us. Yeah, um, that's that's not but what you want to ju- hear. It just makes so much sense. Um, But would I love to package a deal of like Barrett, Randall, and then, you know, a, f- a few first round picks? Yeah, sure. For for Dame, absolutely. But um, I mean, we we also have Brunson, so um, they play the same position. But I mean, if you if you just put Dame at the two, um, mm-hmm. and he can shoot it, that's what the Knicks need right now. I think it'd be fantastic. But um, I don't think it's happening. But you guys are making shit happen. In one way or another, Brad is big cooking right now. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily so, know how it's going to taste once the meal's done, but it no something, no, it's something um, for sure. So the the deal we're referencing, um, there there's a big piece in and a big piece out for the Boston Celtics in the last uh, week week and a half. Um, Marcus Smart is gone. Kristaps Porzingis is here. Tengis Pingus has arrived in boston 
Um, and before I get to him, I want to talk about Marcus Smart's ultimate legacy in Boston and what him leaving the emotions that him leaving has stirred up in people, especially like it's stirred up in Celtics fans. And it's been maybe more interesting than any athlete departure I've, I've seen in my lifetime because you had people who thought that Marcus smart was kind of the glue that's holding the team together. One of your, maybe your best player on both sides of the ball and just a guy who brought out the best in the Jays and was like an integral part of this basketball team. You had those people, right? And then you had other people who maybe saw him as a liability, as a lot of people did. A lot of people saw him stepping into roles this year with this Celtics team that many many people thought he had no business going near, uh, myself included, in, in some situations. And some people being like, man, I'm glad we at least got something for him because if this team's going anywhere, Marcus Smart needed to be nowhere near it. So like, I, I, I'm a little dumbfounded on where I even find myself. I was going to say, where are you? Like, I don't, we, we've never really seen this generation of Celtic basketball without Marcus Smart. Like, Mar- but have you Smart- also also have you seen a championship with Marcus Smart? No, I have not. That no. thank you for bringing that up. I have not. Um, yeah. it's but interesting. It interesting is to think about, and like he's he's a guy that just does so many things, and I feel like doesn't completely excel at any of them. Um, he he does have that defensive player of the year that he pulled in. And that that was even controversial at the time, him receiving that award. Do I think his his performance was worthy of that award that year? Absolutely, I do. Um, but you, you watch this this Celtics team in the playoffs the last couple of years, and Marcus Smart's calling card was his defense and his ability to be a two-way player. And year after year, you see the Celtics get into the playoffs and face off against real competition and their defensive di- identity just goes out the window. And like, how how much does Marcus Smart have to do with that? I don't know. But a lot of people would point to him and Rob together as like the defensive core of this basketball team. So it's hard not to at least assign some of that blame to, to Marcus and if if you look at what the Celtics' downfall has been in the playoffs the last few years, a lot of it is offense. A lot of it is p- piss-poor shot selection, especially in that Miami series this year. But the, the the majority of it is that you're you're having to score 120 in every one of these games just to stay competitive. So it's I, I don't know where Marcus Smart departing leaves this Celtics team before I even consider the addition of Christoph Porzingis and what that does for the Celtics on both sides of the ball. Like Marcus Smart no longer being a piece of this puzzle. I I don't know. Like from an outside perspective, what 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 does that make you feel as a Knicks fan? Well we've we've talked about it uh, as a Knicks fan. Um I don't think it really matters. We're not like we're not on yeah. your level. So like like what like I don't want Boston to do well, but it also looks like that you're still going to be behind Miami. So like, it's, it's not the worst medicine to take in the world. Sure. Um, uh, and you know, Milwaukee still exists. So it's, 
Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's a good deal for you guys. You guys, we've talked about something needs to change. There needs to be something needs to be shooken up in, in Boston. Um, this mm-hmm. is definitely that whether or not it's going to work or not, it's a different answer, different question. But um, I don't view Perzingis as a big time primetime player, mm-hmm. but I think he fits well with you guys because he doesn't really have to be that guy. He needs to play good defense, rebound, and put up 10-15. Yep. He, he averaged 23 last year. He was more mm-hmm. of the guy in Washington. So, you know, he was getting those touches. He's not going to get that in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, I feel like that's that's a good thing for him. Sure. Um, I think I think he I think he fits well with you guys. Now we'll see. I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't mesh well with with Tatum and, and Brown in the positions that they play. Um, so I, I think this is a good. Uh, in, in a way, I kind of view Perzingis and Smart on the same level as they are good threes. Mm-hmm. But Perzingis meshes better with them. He's seven foot. He could still play the defense that like smart can bring. I- albeit, you know, he's guarding different players. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not taking up a guard spot that both yeah. Tatum and Brown do. So, right. so, you know, it spreads your floor out better. I think, I think you actually just nailed it. And I think it was bringing me back to kind of where I think my core beliefs are. Christoph Porzingis is coming in to be a three, just like Marcus Smart was a three. Not only does Christoph Porzingis understand better that he's a three, he does three shit a lot better than Marcus Smart does. He he can be physical on defense. He goes up and gets boards, which is something that the Celtics also struggled with in, in last year's playoffs. He He kind of rounds out and honestly fills in a lot more of the Jays' weaknesses in terms of the physicality, in terms of the height, in terms of the defense, all of that. I think part of the reason that this Celtics team never got over the hump was because you had Jalen, Jason, and Marcus Smart all trying to run through the one door at once. And in doing so, they kind of like just bumped into each other and none of them really made it through. Yeah, they cannibalized each other. Yeah, you know. And and less, like less ways to to kill a team. They were uh, there was three guys trying to kill them in more or less the same way, right? From the same exactly, position. exactly. And I think what Brad's trying to do with this team is say we can't really have that anymore. We can't have our only really like top tier talented guys all trying to do the same thing and fill in the same gaps on this team because we just keep getting the same result. We run into teams that have their roles better defined, Miami being a great example. I mean, you look at like the power distribution in Miami, you look at what they have in, you know, Jimmy at the helm and then bam behind him. And then hero when he was healthy, kind of having that like outside shooter mentality, they all had their own lanes. They all kind of knew what their assignment was on the court. And then they run into a team like the Celtics where they all do everything pretty well, but the the teamwork is lacking. 
Um, they, they have a lot of guys that, you know, cover a lot of ground. It was one of my favorite things about this Celtics roster is that I felt they were one of the only like teams in the national basketball association. Like it, it felt like the heat were they had some good role players, but Jimmy was kind of just trying to do everything on his own. But then you look at last year's playoff series or this year's playoff series. And you say the, the heat were able to define their responsibilities a lot better than you were. And that's why they beat you. And I think this move shipping Marcus out and getting Christos back is saying, okay, we all kind of have our own real estate here. We, we know that our top end talent is enough to get us where we need to go. So let's go out and try to be even more of a complete team. Mm-hmm. And if, and if that means, you know, if that means bringing in guys who have maybe smaller egos and are more uh, apt to actually accepting the assignment at hand, then maybe that's mm-hmm. what it takes. And right. on, honestly, looking at it from, from a 10,000 foot view, I really see what Brad is trying to do in this move. And it, it's, it's a smart team oriented move. Like, like it really is. Um, I, th- I think it addresses a lot of what has killed the Celtics in the playoffs the last year, the last few years. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't necessarily think it. It like it might not work, but I think it like gives you guys a better chance of success than mm-hmm. with Smart. Um, yeah, there's every chance this doesn't work. I mean, know? this isn't a guaranteed talent. No, like no. It, it's been what? How many years like, since Kristaps was like actually taking over the NBA? Like, like it's been a minute. But yeah, like I mean, yeah. and like taking over the NBA is even like in a um bit of hyperbole. Like he's. It solid is. solid it NBA is. player, but but like he's always been like a yeah he's a great three on a team he's a mm-hmm. great or or maybe like a four on the super teams type thing. He when he was with the Knicks he was the one and like yeah. he just was not that at all. Mm-hmm. So um that, you know that's just more of the reason why I think it's a good move for the for the Celtics um and it kind of shores up your debate of like who's gonna take that last shot now instead of three people which is pretty crowded in my opinion for who's gonna take the last shot no kidding um you're down to two options and really you can like lean on one and kind of go to the other like i kind of view it as like the you know not comparing you guys on the same level as the the bulls with michael jordan but like you had jordan pippen and rodman and it was like Rodman's never going to touch the ball for the last shot yeah. ever. Yep. You guys had, didn't have that. You guys, you guys were like, Oh, who's it going to go to? Is it going to go to Rodman with, with smart? Like, is it going to go to the third guy when it like really shouldn't be? Yeah. Um. So I think that's a win for, for you guys. And like, you know, you're going to, I would say Tatum's your number one option, but like having the luxury to be able to go to Brown in a spot where, you know, the defense double teams Tatum or sucks in on him, play cheats on him a little bit more. Having, you know, the Robin to your Batman is always great. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't know how automatic that role is anymore because last year you had Tatum rolls his ankle in the first minute of the game. And it's like, okay, stage is set for this to be a Jalen game for him to really show up and that he can take over this team if, Tatum is having an off night or Tatum's injured. Like basically what every Celtics fan was like, okay, that's what Jalen should be able to do. And Mm -hmm. he freaking pissed down his leg. And is that a byproduct of how the team was built this year? Maybe. Uh, But it also had a lot to do with how 
there are some fundamental gaps in Jalen's game. And I, I really hope that he addresses that this off season, but that's, I, I mean, that's a, that's another thing that we kind of just think is a given for the Celtics. And I don't know if it is anymore because he got his chance and he, he didn't take it. So I guess yeah. we'll see. Maybe, maybe this dynamic change is, is good for him, but I, I guess we'll find out. Um, maybe him being behind his ring chase is uh, getting to him. Maybe, yeah. That video's an all. He's quite a few behind. He, how he's many, a little how behind. How many championships are you going to win in the next six years? Six. <laughs> I love the confidence, <sighs> but I mean, how can you not throw stones at that? Yeah. Um. All right. We want to talk five minutes of baseball before we let the people go for the week. Just yeah, sure. Leave I the mean. Way. I mean, so the the Red Sox are being as uh, as mid as mid goes. Uh, the roller coaster goes way up and way down, as it always has. Um, you you even look at the last week and a half. Um, you get swept by the Miami Marlins at home, which uh, I mean, that's a good baseball team, but that's not a team that you necessarily need to go out and be getting swept by. I mean, they have weaknesses. You have a good offense. You could go out and take one or two out of three of those games, uh, but you get swept. And then you go up against the Toronto Blue Jays, a team who literally owned the deed to your soul last year, a team that kept you out of the playoffs almost single handedly last year because you couldn't beat them at any point. And you you go out and sweep them to the point where you've you've taken all three series against them this year. Two of them were sweeps and you're you're just owning them. Like they're they're being great in inexplicable ways and they're being bad in inexplicable ways. And what you get when you combine those two things is a 500 baseball team. The the Sox are one game above 500 right now, and that's exactly what they are. So that's that's about all I have on the Sox right now. Tom, how are you feeling about your baseball life currently? Um, like like I said. And we've said on the podcast, I think the worst thing for this team is to make the playoffs. Um, Judge is going to be out until at least the beginning of August, if not more. He might even miss the complete season because of that stupid bullshit fence in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, Boone Boone wouldn't commit to him coming back this year, which was so, um, crazy. Yeah, and he's you know he started hitting a little bit, but uh, they said you know it didn't feel great. Um, so it's going to take a, uh, I think, I think I wouldn't rush him back, um, you know, to get us to win. We already like the Rays are up, um, six games right now on the Orioles are in second place. So we got a ways to go to, to win this division. And I think like, what are you accomplishing by making a wild card where you're going to have to play either you know one of the teams that are in your division of like the Orioles or maybe Tampa if the Orioles get hot um mm-hmm. or like Houston it, it, you know the AL's the AL's good as the NL is so it's it, we're nowhere near winning a world series right now i don't think there's any way we could add people to be a world series so me i'm in you know i'm in my gm rebuild mode um I was watching the game the other day with my family and I was like, you know what? The Yankees really need to just, they we've missed on too many players with, um, and too many moves, whether they've been injured too old past their prime, 
we need a retool. We need, you know, Volpe starting to hit a little bit. You keep Volpe, you keep Judge, you keep Garrett Cole, and maybe a few other guys, and then everyone else. Like, I I want them, like, mission number one, I think, for Cashman, trade Glaber Torres while he still has a little mm-hmm. bit of value. Uh-huh. So that was a little bit more long-winded than I wanted it to be, but, uh, I mean, that's what happens when I talk about the Yankees. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what they can do. I don't I don't necessarily see them being a, a super threat out of uh out of the East. Well, there time. you have it. Both of our perfectly mediocre baseball lives, as you can see, yep. it was um not exactly a high priority to fucking talk about baseball at this point. Um, but Tom, any uh any final thoughts on anything we discussed before we disband for the week? I'm gonna go punch a mayor about the New York Yankees. I thought you said punch a mayor. <laughs> yeah, <but> Marcello Mayor. <laughs> right. Okay. No, like first off, Marcelo. First off. Second, uh, I thought Marcello. you meant uh, oh, a, I thought you meant a yeah, I I like Marcello too. I thought you meant a uh like a a democratically elected mayor <laughs> of a major city. No, no, no. Some air. Like it, like if you wanna air. If like you want to, if you want to just punch Rudy Giuliani to death, I I have no quarrel with that. Like <laughs> yeah. if you if that's just how you need to get your guys. if that's how you need to get your frustration off, that's fine with me. Um, yeah, oh, boy, man, boy. man assaults public official, cites New York Yankees as the reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd go. be hilarious headline actually. <sighs> it, well, we'll uh. We'll have some agony this summer for sure. We, uh, you know it. I'm gonna have some agony tomorrow. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to Fenway to watch Nate pitch. Nate, oh, Nate, nice. nasty Nate's, nasty Nate's in town, and I, uh, nice. I want to see that. I want to see that old boy. You'll get a little revenge gem. I mean, we just had Aaron Hicks hit a home run against us yesterday, so that was that was great. Oh. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, I wish the same thing to happen to my my rivals. <laughs> I hope it does a complete game shutty. Yeah, I mean, you think that hurts. Wait till uh, after the deadline when uh, uh, Josh Donaldson hits 600 for the rest of the season. Oh, and, yeah, uh, love it. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Would, would love that when, uh, when we DFA him. Oh, man. All right. Well, we thank you once again for spending an hour of your week with us. We appreciate you, all of you out there, as always. If you haven't gone ahead, followed us on Spotify, given us the five stars on iTunes. That all helps way more than you know. If you haven't followed any of our socials at Between Two Gardens, the number two on Twitter, Between Two Gardens Pod on Instagram. If you haven't told a friend about us, that all helps us get out there. But as we head into another week of the Dog Days of Summer, uh, we're getting into uh, equally weird sports territory here as as free agency and the All-Star break comes up. But we're here for you every step of the way. We appreciate you tuning in, tapping in with us once again, and we'll catch you next week. Here comes a one-two pitch.